Well, I'm going to share this morning. Um, I'm going to be sharing just kind of from my heart, a little bit different. Um, my, my sermon, if you can call it that, might not be as organized. They're not usually that organized, so it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't really be that different. Um, but um, if anyone's your first time, my name is Josh Edwards. I'm the worship leader. I've been leading worship here for a long time. And um, I just, I love what the Lord is doing here. And I'm just going to talk about that today. Uh, we're doing our core values this month. And, and so <clears throat> mine is worship. And um, I, I am, worship is such a vast topic, right? Um, you know, worship is so much more than singing and music, but, but really so much of worship is singing and can be music, you know, and, and I'm a musician and I'm passionate about corporate worship. And um, I've just, you know, I've just been thinking a lot uh, about just the corporate worship aspect of it and what we do because I think it's so rare. Um, like I said, I've, I've been leading worship for a long time. I took a sabbatical um, two months ago, and it was the first time in a long time that I stepped away from leading every week, and we kind of like looked, went to some other churches and stuff. And um, when, I, when I speak this, I'm going to sound like, you know, we have this, I'm going to sound so elitist, like no other churches are like doing it right and stuff. And it's like, look, you know, um, churches are... <laughs> Oh man, we're dangerous. The Lord, the Lord puts us together as kindred spirits. It's scary sometimes. Um, different churches are called to different things, right? And so um, we are we are a worshiping body of warriors. New Promise is a house filled with Jesus-loving, passionate worshipers, and you know people come and people go, but there's always been through the years this consistent strain of DNA that you see lovesick hearts that come together and long to express their hearts to Jesus. And the truth is, that's not, you don't see that at every church you go to, especially in the West in America today. And that's, a, that's disappointing because, um, you know, we can fall into the trap oftentimes of living a life about us and about how we feel, and our opinions, and, you know, these things that really aren't that important, they come to the forefront of our mind too often, and they, they cause problems in our lives. You know, I was, I've been going through James, Hebrews and James, and you know, thinking about James, it's like, we are, you know, it says, weep and wail, you rich people. Like, we are the rich people, because if you, if you're here today, like, you're probably wealthier than just about anyone in history for the most part. I mean, we're so rich in earthly treasures and earthly pleasures. Even if you're not really well-to-do, you still pretty much have everything that you could want or need. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, he's, and he's warning, and James, he's warning against that. You know, like, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you know, you, you ask for, so you can spend on your own, you know, pleasures, basically is what he's saying. And it's like, when we come on Sunday mornings, I think we forget the power of what we're doing. We're gathered, like, let's just, let me just read here in, in Revelation 4, because I just want to set this scene. Okay, uh, throne in heaven. 
After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, speak to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. I'm going to skip ahead. He who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne is 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones are 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne comes flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. Can you picture this? It's, it's happening in heaven right now. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, there's four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature like the face of a man, the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. The four living creatures, each of them have six wings full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never stop to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Okay. Are you guys thinking about that when we come together on Sunday mornings in corporate worship? Like there's a crazy thing happening in the spirit that we are connected to in another realm and dimension that's more real than the one that we're in right now. We're joining living creatures. Like why did God do this? He's so holy. He's so, words can't describe him. We come together with our little songs and our little sound system, you know, and our little opinions and our little thoughts, and we just give this little, you know, just like, what is that? You know what I mean? And it's just so, it's just so miraculous because like, oh, it's not about us. Jesus has called, he tore the veil. Okay. Like, I'm not even trying to dramatize it. It needs no dramatization. This is what's really happening. But we get so stuck in our, you know, oh, this, the bass this morning, just, you know, the treble. It's like, it's not loud enough. It's too loud. It's like, oh, the kids, you know, I'm stressed without work. It's like, you know, it's real. He knows our struggles for sure. He walked in the flesh. He is flesh. But can we, New Promise, remind ourselves when we come together, it's not about... These little things, you know, it's not about our earthly desires and pleasures. It's about let's lay that down so that we can do what we do. Again, like I love to lead worship because I meet Jesus when I come here and lead worship. I don't only meet him when I come here, but I really encounter the Lord when I'm here. Do you guys? Oftentimes I do. It's just like it's just a source, you know. If you come on Tuesday nights to prayer, like this is what we do. We, we do a lot of worship. We're built around worship. Tuesday nights, we, I think we do more, like longer worship. And there will be Tuesday nights where I'm just like, you know, I'm tired. I've, I do a lot of work stuff, you know, and I, we, me and my wife have five young kids. And I oftentimes bite off more than I can chew with projects and stuff. And the Lord is gracious and merciful. I'll come tired on Tuesday nights. Like my friends know I like to go to bed at, you know. A nice, like, 8 p.m., that's, you know, get that nine hours of sleep. 
And the Lord will just like blow me up, just refresh me. Just this, it's something supernatural that happens, you know. But it's about more than that. Because this church also has an apostolic calling. So when we see people mumbling to themselves on the streets, you know, high on every kind of drug, just in, just totally in chains, you know, we want the apostolic anointing is longing heaven. Come on, God, we want to see you break every chain. We want to see heaven on earth. We want to see this scene come down. Because I know the victory has been won, but man, like we want to see the victory. You know, and this is a church that we're longing for that. We're, we're worshiping. We're coming together to see that. And it is good because it is so, it's so simple. That's the best part. It's just about worshiping Jesus. That's all we have to do. We just have to fix our eyes on him and let us be fascinated by who he is and what he's done and then bring others into it. And I'm not against, you know, other churches, you know, just, you know, doing things to try to get people in and all that stuff. And everyone has their own thing, but not us. Like our job is to get an encounter with the Lord so that other people can come into it. Because we've said it from the pulpit before and we've, when we believe it. One touch of the hem of his garment can heal, you know, ailings, ailments that haven't been healed for decades. One one minute in his presence can forever change your life and do things that nothing else could ever do. No sermon, no book, you know, not, no class, nothing could ever do to change you, you know? I mean, if we wanted to build a church, you know, like the church down the street, not, not, not any specific church, I'm just saying, like churches in general, you know, we would do things different. We would do shorter worship, you know, we'd make sure like sermons like this aren't preached, you know, very, <laughs> that's a good looking, very articulate, dynamic speaker every week, you know what I mean? And we'd shorten things up and, you know, we'd make sure we had all the stuff for the kids and everything. That's just, it's not, that's not who we're called to. It's not that we can't do those things and we're, and we want to do, you know, be excellent, but that's just not what we're called to do. So welcome to New Promise. Um, I just, I'm a firm believer that when it's, that's the foundation, the worshiping um, experience, you know, just the true authentic worship, that's when we really begin to understand that love, the love that the Father has for us. And, And I know God loves me. I can look at my life and I know he loves me, but I still don't, I still don't really, really know that he loves me. Like, I don't fully understand it. Um, his love is so, like, when I, when I think about that last song we sang, the mercy, you know, the things I've done, the things I've said, it's just like, you know, his, his love is so, we, our, our minds can't comprehend it. It's something that happens in the spirit. And so we're going to continue to lay that foundation of worship so that we can get that. Because when you get that, it really, it takes you above the fray 
uh, that talks about in James, the earthly things, all the little, you know, the, the foxes in the vineyard and all that stuff. It takes you above that where you're operating in a place where it's just like there's no, there's no garbage getting in the way. You know, you're just in the spirit where we're meant to be. Amen. We have this uh, little, little, uh, like a tiny mountain behind our house. <laughs> it's like, it's all granite, this, where we live. And so it, it's really slick. And um, it's kind of funny. We built our house a couple years ago, and the, the lot next door to us was for sale. But there's like a cliff on one side. And so you have to come like through our mountain to go up on this cliff. And um, people would like come and see the lot, and they would want to go up there. And we would tell people, like, hey, be careful, you know, and nobody listens. If you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're looking at the lot, you know, it's like, okay. So we would just sit on our couch and watch them, like, almost every time. People would, like, be climbing up, and, and you see the lady coming down, and you see the fear in her eyes, boom, and they would just, you know, they would fall because it was slippery. I know it's kind of messed up, but <laughs> we tried to warn them. But one of my sons, he's such a mountain man. He's just, like, he's up that mountain down, up the mountain down, up the mountain down. And, like, after a year, I noticed he basically cut his own trail in this mountain. And it wasn't slippery. Like, I, like we started going up there, and we're, like, walking up this trail. And it's like, oh, when did this get here? And I realized it was his diligence every day, like, going up and down, up and down. And I kind of made this connection. It's like, that's like us with our heart, you know, like, committing to create, you know, in Psalms it talks about um, the highways to Zion in our heart, you know. And it's like you create that, it, it's like working the muscle and the diligence day in and day out. It not only creates a pathway for you, but it, for other people too to walk on. You know, I thought that was so cool. So that's what I'm trying to do with my life. Um, I know this, this is going to be a big, a big turn here, but if you guys could stay with me. I just... The other thing that's been so, like, on my heart with this is, is discipline. And I know that's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but um, but they're really, they really are hand in hand in a lot of ways. And I just want to read out of Hebrews um, a bit of scripture here that, that's so powerful to me. And then I'll just share, share my heart a little bit more. Um, okay. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Nor be weary when approved by him, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. And there's another word for illegitimate child, but I'm not going to say that in church. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. For For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness and those who have been trained by it. Then it says, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet. There it is talking about paths again. So that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. 
So I just felt like there was a connection there between this receiving discipline and being healed that I never noticed before. And, you know, getting back to the worship thing, it's like, have you guys heard the, the Missy Edwards song? Like, it's the inside, outside, upside down kingdom where you lose to gain, you die to live. It's like this song. It's like, we really live in this, it, you know, if you weren't a Christian, you'd come in and see us like all singing to nothing. And you'd just be like, what the heck's going on? You know, but it's, it's sort of the countercultural thing where it's like most people don't want to receive discipline. We don't want to be told what to do. But our healing is really connected to that submission to the Lord's discipline. Does that make sense? It's like part of the discipline has a negative connotation. I feel like in my own life, I've, I've tried to detach the negative from it. Because like, look, the Lord's telling me right here, you're a true son if you receive my discipline. And so that discipline I'm starting with, like, it's like disciplining myself in, you know, pressing in in worship and being in my word every day and doing these things that I know what to do. But more than that, it's finding someone that you can receive from and say yes to it, even if that person is not perfect. And, you know, I'm talking about discipline from the Lord, obviously, but the Lord uses people, right, to lead us and stuff. And, um, Another mountain story. There's this, there was this tree, this little uh, Palo Verde tree on that mountain back there when we first bought the house. And it was real small. Um, and, and it was super thorny. And it wouldn't grow out. It was all the, all the branches were like coming in. So it was just kind of growing into itself, you know. And it was just a pitiful looking tree. And I was, you know, like wishing that, man, I, think, I wish that thing would grow. I wish it would, I wish it would grow. And so... I went out there and I started cut, like, you know, I had to get in there past its defenses, you know, to start cutting back those inner branches. And I got all scratched up, you know, and I just kind of kept doing it and kept doing it. And then I took a break, you know, for like a couple months. And then I went in again and I cut more and it took time. I had to like really clear out that stuff. And, and then like a couple months later, I realized that things just started shooting up and it started shooting out. And it started making shade, which is what trees are supposed to do. And, um, and the Lord just, you know, like, that'll preach, man. It's like, that's us, right? It's like when we don't receive discipline from the Lord, or, and, and by the way, if you don't receive discipline from the Lord, you're not receiving it from probably any, you know, mentor in your life or people in your life and vice versa. But it's like we, we put our defenses up and we get our thorns out, you know, and we don't want to be told, you know, we don't want to be led or guided. You know, we do, but only in a certain way. You know, it's like you could say a little bit. You got to say it the right way. You know, we're very, is this making sense to you guys? It's like we need, fa- we need a father who comes in and we, we open ourselves up to be cut back. You know, because it hurts. It doesn't seem pleasant at the time. It's like, ouch. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like that hurts. And I don't know if I agree with that, by the way, you know. It's really not the point. I think it's so easy to be like, yeah, no, I, no, I don't, you know, no, thank you. I don't, I don't agree with that. But if it's someone that really loves you, it doesn't even matter. They could be wrong, but there's a blessing and a healing that comes from receiving discipline. And I told you guys, I wasn't like really prepared. I'm just totally speaking from my heart. So I hope you're, I hope you're staying with me, but I really feel like there's something on this, like for us right now for our church right now. Like, 
Like if you ever hear us say, um, you know, there's a blessing, there's a blessing for you, um, but it, it's going to take an act of faith for you to get it. And just give a tithe check for $300. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. If you hear someone say that, you have my permission, just get up and go right on out. But like if you hear a word that's hard for you, don't be a snowflake. Like even if the person that gives it isn't, isn't perfect, which of course they're not, or there's something that you might disagree with, you know, I, I feel like this is a word. Like, let's soften our hearts. Like, me personally, maybe I'm just preaching to myself. I want to receive that. Like, I want to be a true son who will let the Father come in and cut away some stuff that doesn't belong. Because you know the Lord, the Lord does that. Like, we don't get, the Lord's making us look like him. That's what sanctification is, the process of sanctification and he's really good at it when he gives you, you know, kids. Like, that's how you really, he knows, he knows how to get what he wants. But, like, he uses things like that. It's like, Lord, let my heart be soft enough, you know, when someone comes in with the clippers to be like, you know, all right, I want to look like Jesus. I don't want to live for my own desires and my own comfort. Um, that's the death that the Lord wants for us. Like, he wants us dead. He wants our flesh dead. He, he made us a new creature. He gave us a new life so that our old one would be dead. But oftentimes, it's like we're battling. You know, we're battling. And for whoever that's for, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. I just really feel that right now, um, that as we begin to submit to that discipline from the Lord, whatever it looks like, whoever it is, whatever it is, that our healing is tied to that. And, and again, it's not about us, you know, necessarily feeling good. It really is about the kingdom coming and what the Lord wants to do. And, you know, we, we started sort of claiming 1.5 million souls for new promise and 1.5 in the world from prophetic stuff. You know, it's like, if that's going to happen, we can't keep doing the same things. Like, we have to be willing to be cut. I know you guys are very enthusiastic about that word. I can, I can really sense it. And I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not either, but I know if you're here, you want what the Lord wants. And the Lord wants us to produce fruit, you know? Thank you, Lord. Well, let's just pray because I don't know what else to say. Lord, we just, uh, we submit our hearts to you, God. Lord, we um, we don't want to live for, for earthly pleasure, Lord. We want to live for your kingdom. We want to live for what you have for us, God. And so we just pray that uh, you would give us wisdom, Lord. We know that the enemy wants to offend us, wants to push us away, wants to separate us. So Lord, we just, we just confess, God, we, we need you. We need each other, Lord. 
that verse that says, um, he who stiffens his neck after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. It's like, Lord, thank you for your mercy, God. We just, we just uh, let our hearts dwell and our minds dwell on that right now, God, that we want to receive what you have for us, Lord. When it, when it doesn't feel good, we say, yes, Lord. When it hurts a little bit, we say, yes, Lord. God, and I just know your faithfulness to me as I've come just to lead worship and and how good it is in your house and in your presence, Lord. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And we just say, we want to open our hearts, Lord, to all you have. It's It's all good, Lord. Even when it's hard, it's good. So thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're gonna um, just make those pathways for us, Lord. Thank you that you're strengthening right now. You're strengthening and you're bringing healing right now. Thank you, Lord.